Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season two, episode eight of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Rose, named after our new character, Rose. Well, before we watched, you said, what do you think Rose means? And I said, that's a person. And you said, "Okay, sure. So I'm pretty happy I got that. Yeah, good guess. Good guess. Fair guess. Starting the day strong. Yeah, starting off with some big predictions. (laughs) So we'll see what other predictions you get right today. I think we're at the last one right now. I think that's it. (laughs) But we'll see. As always, I'll read the Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis of this episode. Stefan and Damon come to Elena's assistance and, in the process, learn surprising new information about people, vampires, and events in the distant past. Jeremy helps Bonnie after she casts a difficult and exhausting spell, and Caroline does what she can to make things easier for Tyler. Finally, Stefan and Damon reach a new understanding. Lots of uh, my new baby couples in this episode. I know lots of couples forming. I thought we were going to get to the end of this episode and there was going to be at least a kiss, but you know, we got one better. So I'll take it. Yeah. We've got couples forming. We are our first mention of the originals, our first mention of Klaus. We're going to unpack all of it. But at the beginning of the episode, an SUV pulls into a parking lot with this other car in the little red car. We see a guy who looks like Jack Harlow. <laughs> pull up with the mask from the masquerade ball of the guy who kidnapped Elena. So we can tell this is the guy who kidnapped Elena. And in case we can't tell, he's got Elena in his trunk. Yeah, that's a a next clue that he kidnapped Elena. And he's bringing her to the guy driving the SUV who is in an SUV with blacked out windows, a cap and sunglasses on. And so Stephanie, you pretty quickly assumed he was a vampire. Yeah, I said he's a vampire and uh, that bitch ain't got no ring. Yeah. (laughs) He does not have a witch friend in his corner. And that proved to be correct. So actually, we do have another correct prediction. So let's go, Stephanie. So Jack Harlow puts Elena in the trunk of the SUV. And he says, okay, anything else? And the vampire says, yeah, one more thing. Come closer. And he leans into the window. Vampire kills him, of course. Come closer. Clue number one, you should leave. Uh, What's he going to do? Get out of the car? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can get away from this guy. But I have to assume he was also being compelled. Yeah, I assumed that as well. You know, it just makes sense. But me, if I were being compelled, I would rise above it. But that's just me. I'm built different. My brain is just so powerful that I really don't think it would work on me. Yeah, a vampire would compel me. I'd be like, no, I don't think that's going to happen, actually. Here's the thing about me. If Damon told me he loves me and compelled me to forget it, I would not be able to. Yeah. There is something simply more powerful than compulsion, and that's love. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) So then we cut over to the Gilbert house. Jeremy's getting ready in the morning and he's like, you know what? I better check on my sister. And he knocks on Elena's bedroom door. She doesn't answer and he looks and her bed hasn't been slept in. And he like clocks that as interesting, but he doesn't, you know, fly off the handle. Which is fair. Yeah, which fair enough. And he explains why later. But first we go over to the Forbes house where Caroline and Damon are catching up. Fun to see these two forming a friendship after quite a tumultuous beginning. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see them hanging out again. I think they're, they have similar vibes in their fun times. I mean, I think Damon is a little bit more of a, a little bit more moody than Miss Caroline. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, I was going to say loose cannon, but I switched to moody. But I do think they they have a good friendship that could go. I mean, Caroline's clearly more capable of being a vampire than anyone expected, Damon included. And it seems like Caroline doesn't hold Damon feeding on her against him, which is very big of her. Yeah, she's kind of like, oh, yeah, 
That was kind of weird. That was then. Yeah. So she's filling Damon in on Sarah's death, what Matt knows, what Tyler knows. And so basically she's like, Matt thinks he blacked out. We've told everyone it was an accident. And you know what? If you want to know my theory, I think Catherine compelled both Sarah and Matt. Well, you're right, Queen. You are on top of it, baby. And Damon doesn't really understand why Caroline covered for Tyler. And she's like, look, he was freaked out. We don't need more attention being on Tyler right now, because as soon as the council finds out about werewolves, it's only a second before they figure out we're all vampires. Like, it's all going to lead back into us. Yeah, she's like, it's all connected. The more we can cover him up, the safer we are. Yeah, she said, so yeah, I thought quick on my feet. Sue me. And you know what? She did. She did a good job covering for it. She covered for Tyler without like really giving away any of the vampire stuff. I mean, we see through the episode, he's definitely suspicious, but he's not particularly suspicious that she's a vampire. She did a good job. She gives away that she knows what happened when he killed Sarah, but she doesn't give away that she's a vampire. Of course, you know, we get there later. But, you know, she did a very good job considering she became a vampire like a month ago. So, Damon, let's maybe get off her ass a little bit. You're the reason you had to kill Mason in the first place. Exactly. Damon's like, oh, well, did Tyler's eyes turn yellow? And Caroline says, "Mm, no, more like gold with amber highlights. Tell me about it. (laughs) And Damon is like, "Okay." (laughs) Damon said, I really can't believe this is the team I've got assembled. (laughs) Hey, he's like, I'd rather work with Jeremy. Yeah, he said, Jeremy's looking better and better. (laughs) And so they basically surmise he can now turn on a full moon, but they don't know what Mason told him or if he has any idea about the Salvatores because Mason knew about the Salvatores. So they're like, maybe Mason told Tyler. But Caroline says that Tyler seemed really freaked out and really didn't seem to know much of anything, but she'll ask. And Damon's like, no, don't ask. Don't be his friend. He can kill us. She understands that she can't ask, but of course she still needs the information. And also like, you know, it's, it becomes clear through this episode that she can't really avoid this. And the more he's on their side, the better. I mean, if y'all lock him up before he turns into a wolf and then leave, you're good. Just put him in the Salvatore dungeon. Caroline really is, as she tends to do, carrying the werewolf stuff right now. Jeremy carried it for a couple episodes, but now it's shifted to Caroline. You know, the two most valuable members of this team. I mean, Stefan and Damon do their work. I know they're fast and they're powerful, but but they're too concerned with Elena to be concerned with werewolves. The Smurfs are all on the Caroline and Jeremy parts of this team. And Bonnie. And Bonnie. I mean, that goes without saying. Bonnie's obviously doing the most already. Yeah. <laughs> so sh- they kind of come to an agreement. She won't ask, but she is going to investigate. And they also talk about how Liz is leading the search for Amy Bradley's body. And Damon says, maybe uh, give your mom the hint that her body's at the bottom of the ravine. And Caroline's like, okay. <laughs> Caroline's like, um, I don't really know what you expect me to do with that, but thanks, I guess. Yeah, Caroline's like, ha ha ha, very funny. Another girl is dead. Poor Amy Bradley. Caroline doesn't really care about Amy Bradley. It seems very few do, except me. So then we go over to the school. Tyler is arriving and he sees missing posters for Amy and Sarah's memorial. So he's already in a weird mood today. Yeah, that can't be a fun day. I mean, he doesn't know what happened to Amy necessarily, but he can't imagine it uh, was actually like unrelated. Her dying on the same night as Sarah, even if it is like what I assume will be written off as an underage drinking tragedy, doesn't bode well. Yeah, it's definitely an odd coincidence at the minimum. Yeah, and as if things weren't bad enough, he goes to try to open his locker and he pulls his lock off because he's too strong. 
And he's like, you know, doing that thing where he's like, oh my God, everyone saw that. I got to go. No one saw. They're putting yeah. teddy bears on the oil. But he's paranoid. One thing about Amy and Sarah, you know, if I'm going to die trying to accidentally turn someone into a werewolf, I would rather my best friend go with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know that Amy and Sarah, you know, Sarah got up to heaven. Oh no, Amy got up to heaven first. Yeah. Amy got up to heaven and she's like, oh man. And then Sarah came up and she's like, Amy. Yeah, Amy came up and was like, Elena just fucking killed me. And then Sarah came up and Amy was like, Elena killed me. And Sarah was like, Tyler killed me. <laughs> and they're like, wow, what a fucking crazy night. But good thing we were in heaven. Yeah, let's go get Manny Petties. You know those two went to heaven, they're angels. Oh, they went to heaven. They're the tippy top of heaven. Heaven's just a little more fun today. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so then Jeremy approaches Stefan and he's like, hey, Elena needs to let me know when I need to cover for her. Like, Jenna's cool with you guys being together, but you need to, like, let me know when she's sleeping over at your house. And Stefan's like, um. <laughs> Stefan's like, what are you talking about? She dumped me. She dumped my sorry ass. He said, she did not sleep over at my house last night. And Jeremy said, that's weird because her bed was not slept in. And Carol said her car was still in the Lockwood driveway. And then in, in like, five seconds, they're like, okay, so she's missing. <laughs> So that's not good. Like, okay, I don't love that information. So then we cut over to an old, like, abandoned house. The SUV pulls up, so we know it's our guy from earlier. We see him carry Elena in, who's still unconscious, and he puts her on the couch. At this point, we don't recognize this guy from anything. Brand new guy to us. He's still got his sunglasses on for a while. So I was like, well, maybe I'll, we'll recognize him with the sunglasses off. He took them off. I was like, nah, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. Rando. I've never seen him in my life. And so Elena starts to come to and she's like, ow, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And he says, shut the fuck up. He's like, do you think I give a fuck? I kidnapped you. And then he <laughs> says, you know what? I am going to have a taste of your blood, though, because it's on your shirt. I'm smelling it. And it smells good. <laughs> he gets stopped by his BFF. She calls him Trevor. The camera turns and we see Lauren Cohan a huge guest star in her Alice Cullen haircut. We know Lauren Cohan from a number of things, as I'm sure our listeners do. Number one, Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> of course. The top of her career. The Walking Dead, of course, and Stephanie's favorite movie of all time, The Boy. The Boy. I just want to take a moment to shout out The Boy because this movie is so good. So it's Lauren Cohen. She's a nanny. In the middle of England, she's getting some money. She gets the, the boy that she's the nanny for is straight up a doll. It's a doll. And it's a horror movie. And I won't tell you where it goes, but it is good. So anyway, Lauren Cohan, well-respected actress. We're happy to have her here in that awful, 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 awful wig. And doing like somewhat of an accent. Yeah. Did I make that up in my head? It no, she's doing very... an accent. It's definitely British adjacent. Okay. It's, it's like an affect of sorts. Yes. So Elena says, what do you want? And Rose says, oh, my God, you look just like her. And Elena says, like, oh, my God, so funny. Big misunderstanding. But I'm not Catherine. I can go because she's so used to everyone after Catherine. She's like, I'm not Catherine. So, like, you actually got the wrong girl. And Rose like, mm, no, I know who you are. And I want you to shut up. And Elena says, wait, you know who I am? And what do you want from me? And then Rose slaps her across the face to the point where she knocks Elena out. She says, I want you to be quiet. And Elena obliges. Yeah, Elena is passed out on the couch. So she makes it clear that, no, it was purposeful that I took you. I knew who you were when I got you. The Henley gave it away, Missy. Yeah, Mama, you were wearing Converse, low tops. You are not Catherine. 
that could not be Catherine. If Catherine would, would have Converse, which I severely doubt she would, they would be high tops at the minimum. Yeah. Catherine would sooner get caught and killed than wear anything but a heel. And you can take that to the bank. I honestly think Catherine would rather get caught than like dress up as Elena even for one scheme. Yeah. Because she'd be like, no, ew. I'm not wearing a Henley. Even her straightening her hair, like she could barely handle it. <laughs> yeah, she straightened her hair, but she still put in a bump it and wore the sluttiest outfit ever. Yes, yeah, so she still couldn't do it. I'm obsessed. She said, I've been alive too long to dress badly. She said, have you seen how fucking hot I am? I'm not wearing that. I'm simply not. So then we so then we go check in with Damon and Stefan. I didn't write down where they are. I think they're outside the school. And they catch up. And Stefan's like, well, obviously Catherine took Elena. And Damon's like, she's literally in the tomb. We just put her there. Yeah, Damon's like, I put her there literally 12 hours ago. Like, she's in the tomb. And Stefan said, are you sure you put her in the tomb? And Damon's like, excuse me? (laughs) He's like, what do you mean, am I sure? And Stefan says, I don't know. Maybe you have a weakness for Catherine. And Damon's like, I literally put her in the tomb. I don't know what else to say. And then Damon says, but actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Catherine did say something before I put her in about Elena being in danger. And Stefan's like, oh, why didn't you ask her to elaborate? And Damon's like, because she lies all the time. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, Stefan, you don't want Damon to be obsessed with Catherine. But if he were obsessed with Catherine, that's when he, when he would be like, oh, she's not lying. If he's not obsessed with her, he's like, oh, she's lying. So, like, he's doing what you want him to do. Sorry, this time it turned out she wasn't lying. But how was he meant to know that? It's the correct assumption for the information he had, wrong as it ended up being. Yeah. Well, I think it would have been funny if they went to the tomb and they said, hey, Catherine, um, so sorry. Can you elaborate on the Elena thing? Uh, we won't be letting you out. But <laughs> yeah, so so Stefan's like, well, we have to go talk to Catherine. And Damon's like, um, no, because here's how that's going to happen. We're going to ask for information. She's going to use it to negotiate her release. And then she's going to kill us. We're not talking to Catherine. And Stefan says, I don't care. It's Elena. And Damon's like, okay. So then we go inside of school where Caroline's arriving. She also sees Sarah's memorial. So she's reminded of the events. Tyler approaches and she's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, well, I'm not doing great. And she says, oh, sorry to hear that. And he says, hey, how did you know about me? And she said, you mean, how did I know you were upset? Well, of course I knew you killed a girl. And he said, that's not really what I'm asking. He's like, no, obviously you knew that, but like, how did you know what happened after I killed her? Yeah, and she said, hey, I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. I just wanted to cover it up. It wasn't your fault. It was an accident. Don't blame yourself. Anyway, gotta go. Great talk. Love you. Bye. She's like, get me in and out of here. I do. I will not be taking questions. She said, no comment. <laughs> so then we go back over to the old farmhouse. Elena is coming to after being knocked the fuck out by Rose. And she is eavesdropping on Rose and Trevor and they're catching up. And basically they're saying they called some guy named Elijah who is coming here. They say to each other that they're running and they're sick of it. But Rose says Elijah is old school. If he accepts our deal, he will free us. So they're somehow trapped by something. They're trapped by him that he they're in trouble from him at all times. And we'll talk about more theories about that when we get to their conversation with Elijah, just because I do want to hear why you think they're running from Elijah. Yeah. We have some clues. Elena starts to like walk around with the floorboard creaks and Rose stops her very calmly and says, this house is the only thing around here for miles. If you think you're getting out, you are sadly mistaken. 
And Elena says, okay, good enough for me. I'm going to stick around. Elena says, okay, sounds fair. Sounds she says, fair. I know what I've been had. Yeah, I mean, she's like, no, where are you going to go, sweetie? And Elena says, okay, good, good point. point. But she <laughs> said, but while I have you, can I ask who Elijah is? And Rose says, oh, he's your worst nightmare. Fantastic. And Elena's like, okay, um, that isn't actually that informative. Yeah, Elena says, I have a lot of nightmares, to be completely frank. Yeah. It's like, I thought Catherine was my worst nightmare. So she said, it really just keeps getting worse, huh? said, I never get a fucking break. <laughs> just, just wait, Elena. It's only season two. Yeah. Anyway, so then we go back over to the school where Stefan is asking Bonnie to undo the tomb spell, which seems like a huge leap too far. But even if it weren't, Bonnie says, look, I can't undo the tomb spell. It took me and my grams to do it the first time. And I don't know if you remember, but my grams is dead. So... <laughs> So she's like, so I literally can't do that. Also, like she did just do the tomb, the actual tomb spell, like again, like a day or two ago, like give her a break. Yeah. But Stefan says like, oh, but I can like open the door and talk to her. Right. And Bonnie's like, yeah, I guess you could. But like, she's not going to tell you everything. Damon's right. Which my thing is, why not bring Bonnie and be like, hey, Catherine, if you tell us this, we'll let you out. And then just don't let her out. Like she's in the tomb. What's she going to do? And Catherine probably wouldn't be dumb enough to fall for that, but it's worth a shot. You can't not try. I mean, they have other options, but if they hadn't, that would have at least been an attempt. Yeah, so Stefan insists he has to try to talk to Catherine, and Bonnie says, but what if there was another way to find her? So they go to a Lurex classroom because it's always a good home base, and Bonnie says, like, I can use Jeremy's blood because they're blood-related a little further than brother and sister, but they are technically still blood-related. She said, because they're blood related, I can use your blood to locate Elena. So Jeremy cuts his hand, squeezes a little bit of blood on a map, and Bonnie does a little spell. And the blood moves down the map to North Carolina, and they tell us it's about 300 miles away. And Stefan says, oh, can I get a more exact location? And Bonnie says, that's not how this fucking works. She's like, I literally dropped blood onto a map. Like, do you think I can control this bitch? I got you a pretty small area. And so Jeremy says, why don't we just map it and look at an aerial view and see what's there? King. Someone is thinking. And then we do see a drop of blood come out of Bonnie's nose. And it's like, oh, ouchie. But she hides it because as that is happening, Stefan's like, great. Uh, let me know what you find in your aerial view. And Jeremy says, well, no, I'm coming with you. And, he, and Stefan's like, no, you're absolutely not. And Damon's like, no, I'm going with him because it's Elena. And Jeremy's like, what the fuck? I don't know you two. Jeremy's like, she's my fucking sister. Like, but he's like, whatever, bye. He accepts it, fine. I mean, he doesn't really want to go on a 300 mile road trip with these two. So then we go outside to the basketball court where Tyler and his friends are all playing basketball in jeans. Yeah, <laughs> what a fucking choice that is. What? I mean, it's high school. It's lunchtime. Or it's yes. after school. I don't really know. Either it's way. after school, you would think they'd change. But who can say? So anyway, um, Tyler is really strong. So he slam dunks the basketball in a very hot way. Love it. But then he sees Caroline and follows her. And everyone's like, oh, our game. It's like, he already got you a basket. It's like, he got you a basket. And how serious can this game be if you're all in jeans? Like, yes. Let's, let's calibrate. Exactly. So he goes up to Caroline. She's like, hey, are you okay? And he says, you lied to me. Why? And she says, hmm. And that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> he said, I think you misunderstood me. And he's like, you're obviously lying. And she's like, that's crazy because I'm not. <laughs> Gaslighter. And so she starts to walk away and he like grabs her and she like kind of 
gets his shoulder twisted around and he realizes that she's a lot stronger than he thinks he is, than he thinks she is. She like tries to play it off. She's like, what? That was nothing. Ha ha. Yeah. He's like, why are you stronger than me? And she was like, I just like pushed you, whatever. He says, it's not a big deal. Like I just, I'm crazy. And he's like, you need to tell me what you know, because I can't handle this. And she says, I think you're in shock. Anyway, bye. She's like, I get it. The Sarah thing was crazy. So you're in shock. But like, I don't know what you're talking about. I got to go, though. Like, I'm late. She is gaslighting for the gods. Tyler is like, what the fuck? I know you know something. Yeah. And she's like, no. She's like, that doesn't sound like me. So he's getting frustrated. So she starts to walk away and he kicks a trash can really aggressively at someone's car. (laughs) And the car alarm goes off and everyone's like, Jesus Christ. And she's like looking at him like kind of like, what was that? And he is looking a little bit embarrassed. He he knows he flew off the handle there. He's like, okay, that was a little too far. I'm very sorry for that. Like, you can still tell me if you want. Please tell me. I'll, I'll rein that in. I won't kick a trash can at you. Yeah. So then we cut to a road trip. With the Salvatores. In the classic baby blue Mustang. Love it. And they're prepping their weapons. They're talking about vervain grenades. And they let us know they're about 80 miles away from where they're going. And so Stefan's like, hey, Damon, who do you think took Elena? And Damon's like, I'm guessing someone's from Catherine's past. She was running from someone. And maybe they got the wrong girl. They didn't, but not a bad idea. Yeah, but that, that's not a crazy thought because that mm-hmm. seems to be a theme with Miss Catherine. Yeah. And Stefan says, you know, I really want to thank you for coming with me and helping. And Damon's like, let's not like bond. Let's just like ride in the car. And Stefan's like, but, you know, you being in this car really has nothing to do with me. And Damon is like, true as that may be, I do not want to discuss it. Yeah. Damon (laughs) says the elephant in the room lets out a mighty roar. Yeah. And Stefan said, it doesn't have to be an elephant. Like we can talk about it. Like Are you here because you want to help me with the girl I love or because you love her? You can express yourself. And it's like, Stefan, you know the answer to that. Like, do you really want to hear the answer? Like, what is that getting you? Isn't that going to make you pissed? Yeah, you already know the answer. What good is it to have Damon admit it? And Damon obviously doesn't want to admit it. And Damon's like, "Mm, I could actually like stop helping if you piss me off. And Stefan's like, "Mm, you really can't. You're already in the car, so... Yeah, I mean, and he wouldn't, so it doesn't matter. But like, it's like, I don't really know what Stefan wants from this conversation. Well, yeah, like in his perfect world, was Damon going to be like, yeah, I'm in love with her and you're broken up. So like, that's cool. Like that would have pissed Stefan off. And why would Damon say that when they have to be a team to go save this thing? Yeah, there's just no point. Yeah, it's just useless. I mean, talk about anything else. Stefan's just pissy because she dumped him. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Jeremy is on his... There's definitely like a shot of a phone that makes us believe this phone sponsored this show. It has Bing as the search engine. I don't know what type of phone it is because it obviously didn't stand the test of time. Yeah, it's one of those Androids that has all the little boxes. Like it looks like a Windows phone. Yeah, they were very big for a Windows phone. I think it was a Windows phone. Those were very big for like a year on every teen drama, but you didn't know a single person who had one. Yeah, I was going to say Google phone, but I was like, no, they did make sure to show us Bing. So it couldn't be. So it couldn't have been a Google phone. This was subtle, though. Yeah. So Jeremy says Alaric got Jenna out of the house so she doesn't ask where Elena is. Cool. Alaric making himself useful by going on dates with his girlfriend. What a life to be, Jenna, that your boyfriend just takes you out on dates and you're like, great. And I don't have to worry about the girl I'm like the guardian for because if she said anything, I'll be like, oh, she's fine. Jeremy just texted me or something. Like, just a free day. And Jeremy shows the aerial map he pulled up 
which shows it is indeed just a house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there's like nothing else around for miles. So it actually worked out pretty well. Yeah, that that helped everyone in different <laughs> ways. So Jeremy sent it to Stefan. And Jeremy says, you know, I hate sitting and waiting. And Bonnie says, well, it'll be fine. And Jeremy says, well, you don't know that. She's like, you're right. I guess I don't know that. And they kind of make eyes at each other. And for a second, it looks like they're going to be like, well, we could make out to pass the time. You know, I had been saying kiss when the two of them were on screen for most of the episode. But this at this point, I was like, they might actually kiss right now. Yeah. But no. But no, Bonnie decides to do another spell. She goes to grab the grimoire and she asks Jeremy to grab a candle and Elena's hairbrush. Basically, she does a spell to get a message to Elena where she lights a paper on fire or whatever. We don't need to know the mechanics of it because it's magic. But as she's doing this spell, her nose bleeds again. And this time Jeremy notices it. And he says, hey, uh, that doesn't look good. Yeah, he tries to like shake her out of it because the spell's still going and the nose is just leaking. And he's like, hey, that, that doesn't seem good. And then the spell finishes and she faints. Luckily, they're sitting on a bed, so it's okay. But there is a candle on the bed, so someone should blow that out. Yeah, so come on, Jeremy, make yourself useful. I couldn't help but notice. When they put the candle on the bed, I was like, oh, if she faints after this spell, we're in trouble. Because, you know, I had a good sense that at the minimum, another nosebleed was coming. Yeah, you can read the clues. (laughs) So then we go back over to the old farmhouse. Elena once again goes to talk to Rose, even though it hasn't been successful so far. I guess what else is she going to do? Yeah, she says, hey, why am I here? And Rose says, you know, you keep asking questions as if I'm going to answer them. And Elena's like, why won't you? I mean, I can't go anywhere, so I might as well know what you want me for. And Rose is like, honestly, I don't want you for anything, dude. I am just a delivery service. Yeah, she's like, look, I could give a fuck about you. I'm trying to clear my own shit up, and you're a convenient way to do that. And Elena says, like, okay, so if you're the delivery service you're delivering me to Elijah. And Rose is like, cool, you eavesdropped. Congratulations. (laughs) And Elena's like, who is Elijah? Is he a vampire? And Rose says, he's one of the vampires, the originals. So, and I said, what? So (laughs) fans of the show or people who are now just getting into the show, you may or may not know, Vampire Diaries has two spinoffs, one of which is called The Originals. And I knew this going into the show. Stephanie knew this going into the show. But this is our first mention of the originals. And we now understand them based on the information in this episode as like the Volturi. Yeah, the Volturi (laughs) is a good example. Like the first generation of vampires. Yeah, the like main base of the pyramid of vampires, as it were. I will say at this point or before this episode, I thought the originals was about witches. So I wasn't expecting this at all. Yeah, so we know, this is the thing about watching this show after it's aired. We know there's a spinoff called The Originals. We don't know, you don't have any idea what it's about. Yeah, and I purposely haven't looked up what either of the spinoffs is about for obvious reasons. I just assumed a witch thing, honestly. Yeah, and so there's no assumptions we can make about spoilers of The Vampire Diaries based on The Originals because we don't know anything about The Originals. So- Anyone who's listening, if you don't know anything about the originals, I urge you to not know anything about the originals. We'll learn more when we get to the backdoor pilot, which, by the way, there will be a backdoor pilot. I'm not sure if we'll recap it on this podcast, (laughs) but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see when we get there. Backdoor pilots are always something. Yeah. So Elena hasn't heard of the originals and neither have we. And Rose comments that it's kind of weird that the Salvatores haven't told her any vampire history. Elena's like, oh, you know the Salvatores. And Rose is like, well, I know of them. A 
friend tried to set me up with Stefan once, but I'm kind of a sucker for bad boys. And I will say, we do get confirmation by the end of the episode. The friend that tried to set her up with Stefan was Lexi. Lexi's friends with everyone. Real down ass bitch energy. Love my girl. Elena says, hey, who are the originals? And Rose says, look, me and Trevor have been running for over 500 years and we want it to be done. We are using you to negotiate because you're a Petrova doppelganger. You're the key to breaking the curse. And Elena says, the curse? Oh, the curse of the sun and the moon. Yeah, the one curse we've heard of, Queen. I was like, maybe it's another curse just because she's heard of one curse. Like, but obviously it makes makes sense for the TV show that it'd be the curse. And Elena says, no, no, no. Um, the moonstone breaks the curse. And Rose says, no, no, no. The moonstone binds the curse. Sacrifice breaks the curse. And if I were Elena, as soon as she said sacrifice, I'd be like, excuse me? Just in case Elena doesn't get it, Rose goes on to explain, the blood of the doppelganger is what breaks the curse. You're the doppelganger. So, aka, in order to break the curse, you gotta die, girl. And, you know, it makes sense now, because we had talked a little bit about the Moonstone, whether it would break this curse of the sun and the moon, whatever. But I never understood why anyone would want to break that curse from the vampire side, because every vampire we have met has had a daylight break. These two notably do not. So, of course, they want to break the curse because they don't seem to know any witches. In all your 500 years of running, you haven't met a witch that would make you a vampire. Well, so let me ask you a question, though, because from what we know, Rose and Trevor want to stop running from Elijah. That's why they're giving Elena to Elijah, not because they want to break the curse. Well, I guess I'm saying, like, Anyone like there is a, there are other people who would want to be yeah. these two would be one example, although they're not necessarily doing it, though they would benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. They're not against it, obviously. But we know that Elijah and by extension, Klaus also wants to break the curse. Yeah, but we'll get there. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline gets home and she senses a little bit of ominousness, as do we. She hears him rustling around and Tyler sneaks up and he says, I know. And she says, uh, no, what? And he says, you can keep dodging, but I know you are just like me. You're strong. I want to hear you say it. And she's like, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at. And he says, you're a werewolf. He is so confident. It's very much the scene from Twilight where Bella confronts Edward, except he is off. Except in this case, Tyler's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, uh, and then she just starts. She laughing. covers it in a really good way in that she laughs in his face and says, What? Gaslighter. Because to her, that makes so little sense because she's like, Only Lockwoods are werewolves. Why would I be a werewolf? But of course, Tyler doesn't know that. And it's also funny that she was so worried about being found out and he was so off. She was like, Oh my God, I was worried about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, laughing in his face, uh, he didn't take that well. Yeah, and he says, stop lying, and there's a little bit of a scuffle, but then she fights back, and as we know, she's stronger than him, and then we see her fangs and veins appear, and he gets very scared because he doesn't recognize that little look as anything to do with werewolves. He's like, that does not look like a wolf to me. And she says, I'm not a werewolf, but fun fact, in the original Vampire Diaries books, Caroline was a werewolf. Oh, that's funny. The books apparently are nothing like the series. I haven't read the books. Very few books that turn into series are that similar. Yeah. Pretty Little Liars is one classic example. In the Pretty Little Liars books, Ezra goes to jail. Yeah, he should have in the show. (laughs) Yeah. So then we go back over to the old firm house where Elena continues to ask questions, which, I mean, I can't blame her. She might as well. 
Well, and Rosa started answering them, so you might as well keep trying until she stops again. Yeah, so Elena asks for more information. She's like, who are you running from? Should have been answered by now, but Trevor says the originals. He says, look, I pissed them off, but Rose has had my back, and we've been running ever since. The originals want them dead. And Elena asks what he did. Rose said he made a classic mistake. He trusted Katerina Petrova, who was the first Petrova doppelganger. She says that Trevor helped her escape her fate and they're not going to make that mistake again. So I want to ask you what you think happened here. What do you think Rose and Trevor, specifically Trevor, did? Well, you know, Catherine does know how to manipulate a man. So that's how he got looped into this. But I think Catherine, you know, she's the first Petrova doppelganger, which it doesn't make sense to be the first doppelganger unless there's someone else that you look like. So there was some original Nina Dobrev way back. And she somehow is instrumental in the start of this curse. I feel like she has to be instrumental in it. Otherwise, why would the doppelgangers break the curse? Sure. And so Catherine's the first doppelganger who knows how close they are generationally. And people wanted to kill her to break the curse. And she said, "Mm, I would like to live actually. And so Trevor helped her get away from the originals, whatever. It could be a fake fire that her quote unquote family died in. Whether or not that's the actual lie that she went with to the originals, I'm not sure. But I think he helped her leave wherever Petrova originated to get away from the originals because they wanted to kill her to break the curse. Okay. Because they also were under the impression, we get to this a little later, that Catherine was the end of her bloodline, that there would not be another Petrova doppelganger, which obviously is not what happened. Yeah, obviously that was a twist. (laughs) Well, and this is funny because they're like, oh, we need a doppelganger to break the curse. Like we helped Catherine get away, whatever. I'd be like, actually, that's so convenient. I know where Catherine is and she's locked in a tomb. So you can go get her to sacrifice. No one's going to fight you on that, guys. Like, you might get a fight from people I'm with. People are going to let you kill Catherine. I'd be like, I'll lead you to her right now. But I, you know, they have her here. They don't want to drive three hours. I get it. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't know that Catherine was in um, Mystic Falls, I assume. Or maybe. Even if she said, like, Catherine's in a tomb, they'd be like, why would you? Obviously, you're lying to us. We're giving you to Elijah. Elijah's already almost there. I mean, there's only so much you can do. But you you would think she'd try it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we go over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie has come to after fainting, and Jeremy brings her some water. And he's like, hey, uh, that was scary. What's up? And she's like, well, I've been doing a lot of magic lately, and it wears me down. You know, witchcraft has its limits. I learned that in the grimoire. And she's like, but hey, Jeremy, can you, like, not tell anyone that, like, I fainted because I don't want everyone to know that, like, I have any weaknesses. So can you promise not to tell anyone? He's like, okay, well, that doesn't seem safe to me, but I'll promise because he wants to kiss her. And she says, look, I'm all alone in witchcraft. My dad doesn't really talk to me ever since my grandma died. And her mom left. And Jeremy's like, I really relate to that. I also feel alone. And they make eyes at each other, but they still don't kiss. Jeremy says, hey, do you think the spell worked to get the message to Elena? She says, I don't know. I fainted. I better have worked. I fainted for it. But then we see confirmation that it did work because we go over to the old farmhouse. Elena sits on the couch and there's a note that says Stefan and Damon are coming. And that's got to be nice. Elena's like, oh, thank the Lord. She's like, finally. She's like, I'm not getting out of here on my own. What is the point of having two vampires in love with me if they don't save me? You know? (laughs) Yeah. 
This is literally their job. Yeah. So then we check back in with the Salvators on their road trip. Stefan says, we're getting close. And Damon drinks some human blood. And he's like, mm-hmm, if you want some, all you have to do is ask. Ha ha ha. And Stefan's like, no, I do want some. And Damon's like, mm-hmm. Damon's like, ha ha, very funny. And Stefan's like, well, actually, <laughs> I've been having a little bit every day to build my strength. And I've been doing like really good with it. So Damon gives him the bag and Stefan takes a very restrained sip. Yeah, and then hands it right back. And Damon says, does Elena know you've been drinking human blood? And Stefan says, yeah, I've been drinking hers. And Damon's like, Damon says, romantic. Yeah, he's like, huh, that seems weird, but okay. And so Damon feels obviously intimidated by this, the intimacy of that. And so he decides to take this moment to try to strike Stefan down. It's a foolish effort. He basically says like, hey, remember in the past when you like, live for blood and you turn me into a vampire and you were really mean. I wonder if Elena would let that guy drink her blood. What happened to that guy? And Stefan's like, he found something else to live for. And Damon's like, <laughs> yeah, Damon lost that conversation real bad. I mean, it was all going off. It was, it was going off the rails early on. He has no power. He was feeling very insecure by the end of that. So there was no way he was going to bounce back. So then we go back over to the old farmhouse where Elijah has arrived. And it's like, okay, the Salvatores need to speed it up a little bit. Elijah's here. So Trevor is all of a sudden worried that this is going to backfire. He's like, Rose, you're going to get mercy, but I probably won't. To be fair, good concern. Yeah, fair concern. Uh, But you should have thought about that before you called it. Yeah. So, And Rose says, hey, we have to do this. It'll be okay. We are family forever. And Elena's like, oh my God, you guys are scared. And they're like, yeah. They're like, of course we're fucking scared. Why else would he have kidnapped you? So then Elijah arrives. He walks in the door. He is played by an actor named Daniel Gillies, who looking at his IMDb, I don't really know him from anything else. Maybe he's been in something else. I don't care. What I care about is from 2004 till 2021, He was married to Rachel Lee Cook. They just got divorced. Rachel Lee Cook famously from She's All That. And he's all that. (laughs) My first impression of him, he comes in the door and I'm like, if he's so important, why isn't he hotter? Well, you want to know a fun fact? (laughs) Oh, sure. Originally, this was supposed to be the episode where we met Klaus. Oh. But they had a really hard time casting Klaus. So they're like, we need to create another character so we don't have to meet Klaus yet. (laughs) I love that. So they were like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Julie Pleck is like, we could not find anyone to play Klaus and we wanted to make sure he was good. So that is funny. And they're like, and it kind of worked because we built some more anticipation. We'll get to Klaus in a minute. So anyway, Elijah walks in. Yeah, he has a very like um, interesting haircut, let's say. It's giving... It's giving berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who likes berries and cream. (laughs) His face gives... 99 cents to a Ken doll. Yeah. Like it's almost handsome, but there's something off. Yeah, it has all the right pieces. But something about them together, it's like not long enough. It's like handsome, but it's pushed into a square. Yeah. No shade to him. I mean, just I expect a certain level of hotness from my vampires, especially like the Volturi level vampires. You expect hotness from Volturi level. Okay, Volturi level. The issue, the thing about the Volturi in Twilight is that... Yeah, like the Volturi, famously very hot and not creepy. Okay, but they lived like all together in the Vatican. Of course they look fucking creepy. Yeah. What are you going to look like if you live in the Vatican? 
what if Klaus was played by the same guy who played the main Volturi guy? I wish it was just Volturi. Anyway, so Elijah says, hey, Rose, so what gave you the courage to call me? And she says, you know, I want my freedom. Can you still grant me my freedom? And he said, oh, I can pardon whoever I want. I can pardon you and Trevor if I want to. And she says, okay, so here's some information I have. Number one, Katerina Petrova survived the 1864 fire. And he says, go on. And she said there was a tomb under the church. And he doesn't really say anything. And she said, "Uh, you don't really seem surprised by that information. And he says, well, you called me out to this armpit of civilization. And we're three hours from Mystic Falls. I made the connection. Yeah, he's like, look, we're not in Mystic Falls, but we're close enough that like, why else would I be here? He's like, why would you call me to North fucking Carolina? So Elijah says, so I assume you have Katarina. And she says, no, I actually have something better. I have her doppelganger. Why do you think the doppelganger is better? Because she's human. Why do you think that matters? Or she's newer. I don't know. Fresher. Well, I assume that obviously she has to get sacrificed. And I think they said as much that they need the blood to do it. There's something different between human blood and vampire blood. They both seem to work for the curse, obviously, because they're both a doppelganger. It doesn't specify. But I'm betting the human thing, well, probably because she'll stay dead. Uh, Elena will stay dead and let out blood. Interesting. Or because they could turn her. What would turning her do? I don't know. Some. Okay. She would die, but keep the doppelganger power alive. But if they turn her, then she can't have any babies, and then the family line will end. Do you think they want another Petrova doppelganger? They don't need the family line after she's been sacrificed unless they want the curse back. I guess. We'll see. Elijah says, well, no, you don't have a doppelganger because the family line ended with Katarina and that I know for a fact. And Rose said, well, that fact is wrong. And Rose says, but before I show you just one more time, I need your word that you're going to pardon me. And he says, yeah, you have my word that I will pardon you. First of all, should have asked about Trevor too, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. And she leads him to Elena and he sees her and he's like, hmm, interesting. And he quickly runs to Elena, smells her neck, confirms she's human. So he knows she's not Catherine and she is indeed a doppelganger, even though he thought it was impossible. And he's like, that's crazy. He said, hmm. Then we go outside where Stefan and Damon are arriving very relaxed Like, they're not saving their girlfriend. Leisurely getting out of the car. Stretching their legs. Y'all can do your fast run. I've seen it. Yeah, and then they decide this time to talk about logistics like they haven't been in the car for 300 miles. I thought you were both fighting over her not 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Get a move on. You're fighting over her so bad. Don't you want to be the one to save her? So Damon's like, look, I have more experience fighting old vampires. Whoever has Elena was probably after Catherine in 1864 and before, which means they're probably near 500 years old and super strong. So Damon asks Stefan, like, hey, you sure you want to do this? Stefan does not hesitate. He's like, I cannot think of a better reason to die. But Damon, you can stay behind if you want. So of course Damon follows because he's not going to look like a, a dumbass. So then we go back inside and Elijah's like, well, I've got all I need. I'm ready to head out, but I do have one last piece of business. And he turns to Trevor. And Trevor's like, hey, um, I'm sorry for failing you. I-, I feel so, so bad about it. Yeah, he's like, you trusted me with Katarina. So how do you think he failed him after being trusted with Katarina? I'm curious. I think he just let her get away. I think that's really all 
that it is. So Elijah says, you know what? Yeah, Trevor, you make a good point. You are the guilty one. I mean, like Rose, she was loyal to you. That I can honor. But you, where was your loyalty? And Trevor says, yeah, again, I'm super, super sorry. My loyalty was with Catherine at the time. I do apologize for that. (laughs) He said, I realize now that was a mistake. He said, look, I just want to beg for your forgiveness. And Elijah said, hey, you can have my forgiveness. And then he chops his head off. With his bare hand. And then he says, okay, Rose, you're free. And she's like, what the fuck? I mean, I don't really know what they expected. Like, obviously, they were running for 500 years for a reason. I mean, he is right that, like, at least Rose was being loyal. That's like a noble reason to do something bad. Trevor just fell for Catherine's wits. You can only imagine how excited Elijah's going to be to see Catherine after this. Yeah. If they ever see each other, we'll see. Well, someone will be seeing Catherine. Yeah, it was a crazy death because he just knocked that head right off. And everybody's screaming and it's like, well. It is what it is. He wasn't leaving this house regardless. It was a crazy death, but. But not unexpected. So that is a way to like kill a vampire for good because they can't heal that, right? Sure. As long as you don't like put the head too close to the body. Yeah. we. I will say this is not a death method we see a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to. Because it's particularly showy. You can't do this in even any semblance of a crowd. That's going to get some eyes. Yeah, in a crowd, you could probably tear someone's heart out and get away with it. Yeah, leave them on the ground, you know, whatever. Yeah. This, I mean, that head is flying. This is showy. That, that head flew 20 feet. This shows you mean business. And he's just like, all right, done with that. And Elijah says, okay, Elena, let's head on out. And she says, wait, um, I know where the moonstone is. Good move by Elena. Yeah. She said, I still have something to bargain with. And she says, and I can help you get it. And he says, okay, tell me where it is. And she says, mm, no, it doesn't work like that. And he says, oh, so you're negotiating. And Rose is like, she didn't tell me anything about this, by the way. Yeah, Rose is like, I had nothing to do with this. I'm just still busy dealing with the Trevor. Yeah, she's like, I'm mourning my best friend over here. So like, don't even get me involved in this discussion, okay? Yeah. Elijah looks at Elena and he gets ready to compel her. And then he's like, "Mm, why are you wearing this vervain around your neck? And he pulls off her necklace and throws it across the room. And she's like, oh no. She at this point should be wearing and drinking vervain. There is no reason she shouldn't be drinking. But Stefan's been drinking her blood. Oh, so that's the reason. So it's Stefan's fault. Another reason why he should be drinking from blood bags like a fucking normal person. Yeah, but but whatever. So he compels her pretty easily. He's like, hey, where's the moonstone? She says it's in the tomb with Catherine. And he says, interesting. But then he hears some movement around the house. Rose is also surprised to hear this. He's like, hey, Rose, who else is here? And she said, I don't fucking know. Elijah grabs Elena and gets ready to like head out. But we we can tell vampires are zooming around. It's Stefan and Damon. They're kind of taunting him. They're like, oh, up here, down here. Ha, 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 ha. And then once they get him away from Rose and Elena, they get his hand with a little stake. Stefan grabs Elena and hides her. Damon grabs Rose and tells her, like, like, shut the fuck up, lady we don't know. Yeah. And Elijah gives a fun little speech. He says, hey, to whom it may concern, you are making a big mistake if you think you can beat me. You can't. Okay, so come on out. I want the girl on the count of three, her heads will roll. And as he does this speech, he's like tearing apart a coat rack to make a huge stake. So he he means business here. He's not scared of this because he was like, okay, like two vampires coming after me. I don't care. I'm an original. Yeah. 
which he knows what that means. We don't yet and neither do they, but they will. So Elena comes out and she says, no, I'll go with you. Just don't hurt my friends. They're just trying to help me. Uh, Whatever. Uh, They'll go. Yeah. And he says, hey, what game are you playing? And then she answers by throwing a vervain grenade at his face. (laughs) That game. So then he gets like knocked over for a second. And in his knockdown state, Stefan shoots a bunch of stakes at him and tackles him. Elijah isn't really phased by this. Yeah, those stakes seem to do next to nothing. But luckily, Damon has grabbed the big coat rack stake and stakes him up against the wall. Elijah turns gray and veiny, the sign we know as final death for a vampire, and all seems well. Yeah, great. We did it. Said, wow, that guy died. Nice knowing you, Elijah. Yeah. Rose runs away. She's not involved in this at all. Yeah, she's like, this is not my business. I'm free now. And Elena says, hey, just let her go. And Elena's at the top of the stairs. Damon's at the bottom of the stairs. Damon looks at Elena and smiles. And Elena also smiles, but it's at Stefan. Yeah, it looks like she's about to run down to hug him. I really thought she was for a second. I kind of forgot Stefan was there, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I fall for it every time. But she goes and hugs Stefan. And Damon definitely is hurt by this. But then as she's hugging Stefan, she looks at Damon and mouths thank you. And he mouths you're welcome, which in some ways is more intimate than a hug. Yeah, because clearly that hug isn't doing its job if you're looking at the brother, sweetie. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Damon is the one who truly saved her. I mean, Stefan helped, but he did the final stake. So we go over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie is napping and Jeremy is watching her nap. And then Elena gets home and they get up and greet her. Bonnie hugs her. She tells Jeremy she's okay. Elena tells Bonnie that she got her message and then she gives Jeremy a really big hug and it's a really, really sweet family moment. Oh, I want to just cry. Jeremy's so happy to see her safe, you know. They've been through it, those two. Yeah. And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is pouring some bourbon and Stefan comes home and Damon's like, "Mm, why aren't you with Elena? And Stefan's like, I dropped her off at home. She wanted to be with Jeremy. And so Damon gives Stefan some bourbon. They have fun. And so they address, you know, hey, what Elena said that Rose said about the curse and Damon's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to protect her. She's not going to have to die. And Stefan's like, I just want to like remind you in order to protect Elena, like we can't be fighting with each other. If we let Elena come between us, we can't protect her. And it's like, Stefan, you're the one fighting at this point. Like Damon is trying to push. Damon's like, first of all, I haven't even admitted to being in love with her. So like, so like, let's not act like anything is really happening. And then Stefan says, by the way, I'm sorry I made you turn into a vampire. <laughs> like way back when. In 1864. <laughs> and Damon says, we don't really need to rehash that. And Stefan says, you know, I never really said it out loud, but I think I need to say it and you need to hear it. I am sorry. I was selfish. I didn't want to be alone and I needed my brother. And it's like, okay. Um, I mean, it's over. Like, it's done. What do you want us to do about like, it? Like, that was so long ago. Like, I would have appreciated an apology a while ago. But I think... This also does inspire Damon. He's like, you know what? I should be honest, even if it's a little selfish too. Mm -hmm. So good job, Stefan. (laughs) So then we go back over to the Forbes house where Caroline and Tyler are bonding. Caroline pours some alcohol and she says, I know it's weird, but alcohol helps me. So maybe it'll help you too. And they kind of compare supernatural symptoms. He said his skin is on fire. She's like, "Mm, I've never had that. She says, but I have a lot of heightened emotions. He's like, oh, I have that big time. He's like, did you see me rip a a lock off my locker today? He's like, you see me with that trash can earlier? Yeah, Yeah. I have heightened emotions. I know what it's like. 
And he says, how can you be a vampire? And of course, she doesn't want to tell him anything. So she hits back, perfect response. How can you be a werewolf? Of course, she knows how, but Caroline's so smart. She's like, uh, yeah, you're not getting an answer to that. So I'll, I'm going to just answer that with the question. Maybe. So I'm going to keep throwing him off the scent as much as possible. Yeah. So he's like, oh, are there any other vampires? And she says, it's just me. Kind of a long story. Oh, are there any other werewolves? And he's so stupid. He takes that bait. He's like, it's just me, except like my Uncle Mason. But he left town and now I'm alone, blah, blah, blah. And Caroline's like, hey, look, I want to tell you everything about the council, about your mom, about my mom. But I need you to promise that no one will find out about us. Like it is life and death. And Tyler says, I don't have anyone to tell. Tyler's like, I don't have a single friend I can talk to about this. He's like, I'm completely alone with this. Next full moon, I am going to turn. And I am scared. And they hug. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Stefan is pouring himself a drink. And then there's a little floorboard creak. And a vampire runs really fast. And surprise, surprise, it's Rose. She says, hey, so Lexi told me you were one of the good ones. So we know now that she knows Lexi and they were friends. And Stefan's like, oh, you knew Lexi. Then he's like, okay, I trust her. That's enough for us, the audience, and for Stefan to be like, okay, so she's good. Assuming she's telling the truth about knowing Lexi, but. I think she must be telling the truth because if she was like, how would she know that would be a good lie? Yeah, exactly. So she says, look, I've been with Trevor for 500 years and now he's gone. I have nowhere else to run. And Stefan says like, "Mm, sorry, I can't help you. And she's like, oh, I don't really need your help, but you need my help. Because Elijah might be dead, but this is not over. Like, the originals are going to come for Elena. They have to, because they're doing it for him. And Stefan says, uh, who? And she says, Klaus. And I, you know, I knew there was a character named Klaus. I didn't know when he was coming. I didn't know a thing about him. Uh, Except I have seen some Instagram edits that tell me I'm pretty sure he dates one of our characters. Let me just say, so Klaus is one of our big villains. You were aware of the name Klaus before you started this show because he's kind of a big name in Vampire Diaries lore. And it's a distinctive name. Yeah, it's a memorable name. And you believe you know someone Klaus dates, and I want you to tell the audience who you think Klaus dates. Caroline. So we'll see. The way you say say that makes me think I'm wrong now. We'll see. I've seen some edits, is all I'll say. I, there's always a chance that Nina Dobrev is not the only person playing a doppelganger pair on this show. Sure. So Klaus is going to be shrouded in mystery, but he's going to be, he's going to be a big character in our lives as we can tell from this episode. Because Klaus, as we understand, seems to be maybe the leader of the originals, certainly who all the originals are answering to. Yeah. I do know what he looks like. And he's hot enough to be that important. <laughs> yeah. That's why they took, they took a long time to cast him. <laughs> They found the right guy. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Elena is getting ready for bed and Damon is in her room and he says, hey. And she says, okay, I'm tired. And he says, well, I brought you your necklace back, which is great that he stayed and got it for her. She's like, oh, I thought it was gone. Like, yay. And he says, but I have to tell you something first. And she says, uh, why do you have to say it with my necklace? <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, why can't I have my necklace when you say it? Because she knows she's like, oh, I'm getting compelled again. Yeah. She's like, I am not having fun today. She's like, I don't know if you know this about me. I don't get compelled. Like, that's not something I do. That's not something that happens to me. I have a vervain necklace. Yeah. Guess you shouldn't be letting your boyfriend drink your blood or you've had or you'd have vervain in your system. And he says, I can't give you your necklace yet because what I'm going to say is selfish but I need you to hear it. He's like, I love you. 
And because I love you, I can't be selfish with you. So I can't have you know this. I don't deserve you, but my brother does. He kisses her forehead. She lets him, BTW. Yeah. And And she's not being compelled to. And he says, oh, I wish you didn't have to forget this. And then he compels her and he says, but you do. And we see a single tear roll, roll down his cheek as he's compelling her to forget. She closes her eyes. And when she opens her eyes, her necklace is back on. Damon is gone. And you can see she's kind of like, what just happened? She's like, how did I get my necklace back? Yeah. Because she forgot everything. So Delena stands. We have a nice appetizer tonight. Mmm, yummy. Yeah, he is just so sweet. He loves her so much that he cares more about her well-being and her life than like what would make him happy. And it's so, you know, it says a lot about what he thinks of Stefan too, that he's like, you know, I don't deserve you, but my brother does. You know, he shits on Stefan a lot for being like the noble brother, but he clearly respects him for it and thinks that that is indeed noble. And I think it's also harder now that he knows Stefan is drinking human blood again and staying noble. It's like, oh, so he's way better than me. They're probably like, oh, he's just noble because he's drinking animal blood. So he's holier than now. But now he's drinking human blood and seemingly controlling it. And Damon's like, and he's still like being a the better brother. Well, it's like Stefan is choosing to be better. He's working on it and he's being better. And Damon's like, okay, so he definitely deserves more than me because he's successfully being a good person. And Damon can't even be a good person for like a week at a time. Yeah. Let us not forget he killed Jeremy like five episodes ago. Bounced back up though. I know it's all fine. So then we go back over to the old farmhouse to see Elijah's dead body, which is weird because we kind of feel like we closed that chapter because he was gray and veiny. He should be dead. Like, why are we seeing his body again? He's dead. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because he's not. (laughs) Color returns to his face and he pulls the stake out. That's what I, and I said when I saw that, I was like, okay, you know, I was a little bit worried about whether a stake was enough to kill an original. So this is something important now that gray and veiny don't mean dead no more. Granvey means shit. So we know that Elijah is an original and you assume that that's why he can come back to life. Do you think originals have any other powers that a normal vampire doesn't have? I'm sure they do. Well, okay, here's something. Okay. Elijah came in from outside. It was light outside. I didn't look for a ring. Maybe originals can walk in the sun. Here's one thing I'll point out about this. So even though Rose has been notably running from the originals, knows about them, knows what she's running for, she seemed sure Elijah was dead. So she does not seem to know this wrinkle, which I guess maybe how many originals has she seen has she seen killed? Yeah, she's not trying to kill Elijah. Yeah, she's trying to get away from him. She's scared. So this is my question. We know, or we can assume, that the originals want a doppelganger to break the curse. If the originals could walk in the sun without a daylight ring, what's the point of them breaking the curse? Or as a general rule, why do you think they want the curse broken? I mean, it's inconvenient to have to get rings to walk in the sun. Once you have one, it's really not that inconvenient. But like they could not have to worry about teaming up with witches. They wouldn't need that alliance. They could have just more vampires, you know, popping up a little easier. Do you think vampires want to eradicate witches if at all possible? No, but I think it would be nice to not have to rely on them so heavily. Vampires do rely on witches quite a bit, it seems. So I think it would be nice for them to not have to be like, oh, we need to turn someone for this and that. Um, But we do need a daylight ring because, you know, witches are notably still kind of free agents. And so it's not like every single time they're like, hey, we need a daylight ring. A witch is like, oh, here you go. You know, 
if the originals are scary and powerful enough, I, I have a hard time believing they wouldn't be able to just have a witch on call. So I'm just I'm just curious if you think there's any other reason they want to break the curse other than walking in the sun, which it seems like they have found a workaround for. Well, that seems to be the only part of the curse we know about. That's not to say that's the only part of the curse. That's a great theory. What do you think the other part of the curse could be? I don't know. You know, even if they did want to break the curse just so they didn't have to give people rings, that's a pretty small hump for all this work. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's my point. So that's yeah. So that's not really like there's got to be something else this curse is doing. Why else would they all be fighting and chasing people for years and years to do this? I don't know why. I mean, there's more to that curse than what happened to be in one textbook at Duke. I couldn't tell you what, but there, uh, that moonstone is binding a, a couple other threads. Interesting. So we've talked a little bit about this. This is our first mention of Klaus, of the originals. And right now we don't know much about the originals other than they're the first generation of vampires and that it takes more than a stake to kill them. We also know as fans of TVDU, the Vampire Diaries universe, that there's a spinoff called The Originals. Just for fun, what do you think the spinoff is about? And don't you, you can't just say The Originals. I have a thought and it can't be true. I can't wait to hear it. It's too stupid. So I envision The Originals as a group of vampires. And, you know, they have a lot of work to do. Because they're the first generation, they're they're watching out for all the other vampires, right? And so I see them in a conference room taking meetings. They're like, okay, there's a problem vampire over in Sector 6. Let's go fix that. So it's kind of criminal like mindset. Ghostbusters and J.K. <laughs> it's criminal minds with vampires. The VAU, the Vampire Analysis Unit. Let's go with that. Dr. Klaus Reed. Because I see them as a like governing body, which okay. is probably just the Volturi... Volturi bias, yeah. I noted Volturi bias, but that's what I'm seeing because I do think they hold some type of power. I mean, it's notable that Elijah was like, I can pardon you, like that they can pardon someone. That's why I think I'm getting this like okay. governing, policing type connection. So we can assume from context clues, I hope I'm not leading you anywhere, that Klaus is somehow the leader of the originals. We can assume that, yes? We can assume that. What do you think makes Klaus the leader of the originals? that he was like the, the original original. How do you think with no vampire to turn him, how do you think he became a vampire? Just curious. He got bit by a bat. Got bit by a bat? Okay, why not? It's gotta be, or like a mutation. I, I think something bit him or he got stabbed by something sharp that somehow had some vampire blood. But there were no vampires before him. I, well, a vampire gene, it, it mutated. It wasn't from a vampire. I was just curious. Um, and why do you think they continue to answer to Klaus? Just because he's stronger and more powerful than them? Probably because he's stronger and more powerful. And if he's first, I mean, he probably was like dealing with some shit before he started turning people. He probably found a lot of these paths that we've gone down since then. Or, you know, maybe maybe a vampire was a like a, a genetically engineered invention and not. And by that, I mean, like a witch was like, let's make some fucking vampires. Or whoever set the curse was like, Let's make vampires and werewolves. And he was the first one that took him a while to figure that out. Once he figured everything out, he started turning people and everyone who he turned was, you know, owed him for either bringing them life. You know, maybe it was the Black Plague. Maybe he brought them back to life from Black That's Plague. That's a good guess. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, well, this guy brought me back to life and taught me how to be a vampire. So like, I do owe him. Like, he really built this whole system. So 
I like him. Let's keep moving. Here's a follow-up question. So we know the curse affects vampires and werewolves. And we know that before the curse was made, vampires and werewolves already existed because before that they were running free. Who do you think came first, vampires or werewolves? Vampires. I think werewolves were brought in to control the vampires and that didn't fucking work Um, because I think they had vampires like, well, we need something that's going to hunt vampires. And they got werewolves. And then vampires were like, oh, fuck these and started killing them too. And they were like, oh, shit, shit. We got to curse them. We got to curse them both. Curse them both. That's what I think happened. Interesting, interesting. So here's my other question. When do you think we're going to meet Klaus? On episode eight, I'm going to say 11. Okay. I've given up mid-season finales, finales. I'm just picking numbers at this point. It's obviously not, well. What do you mean it's, what do you I was going to say it's obviously not next episode because it's a big Catherine episode and they took a while to cast him, but I'm still not going to say that. Yeah, so next week, the episode is called Katarina. So we're going to go back in time with Catherine a little bit. What year do you think we're going to go to? This is just a fun number hmm. to guess. Okay, um, I'm going to guess 1660s, give or take. Okay. I feel like it's going to be a while and I think it's going to be around the time of like Puritans and witches and shit. Sure. We'll see it in the very yeah. beginning of the next episode. So you'll know right so, away if you were right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but if it was like 1862. <laughs> That'd be funny. I think that's all we have to talk about right now. I think we've covered everything else. This is clearly our next arc forming very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to see that build. I feel better about my guesses in this arc than I felt about any single one in the last arc. So that's that's better. We're getting more and more information. <laughs> it makes the guesses. It gives me more to go with on the guesses. Yeah, it gives you more clues. But that's the end of this week's episode. We've got a lot of excitement coming up this season. If you are liking the podcast, if you're liking the Vampire Diaries, tell your friends about it. And if you're really loving it, you can also show your support by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice if they let you leave ratings. And also follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast to keep in touch with us in between episodes. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.